In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 50th episode of the Bulltie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Today we're going to look at Locals Day. We have a special visitor for the 50th episode of the Bulltie Chronicles, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. We'll look at the blank aftermath of his comments about Matt Ryan's contract situation. We'll look at what's the holdup, break down the negotiations for you. And then five, we'll look around at one of the mock drafts and get you ready for D-Led's Mock Draft 3.0, which will be out Friday. Local day is today for the Atlanta Falcons, where they get to uh, uh, invite players from their area into the facility and get a close look up look at him. Nick Chubb, the running back from Georgia, is one of the locals. That's a good thing because he won't count against their 30 official visits that they'll take. Running back's not a high priority for the Falcons, but it is for Tampa Bay, one of their uh, rivals in the division, and Carolina, who let go Jonathan Stewart. So this might be more of a fact-finding mission for the Falcons as opposed to a recruitment competition uh, with a team that's already set with two running backs. I'm just calling that. Lance and Lawrence Austin, the Georgia Tech uh, defensive back, should be out there. We have to get that confirmed. Uh, Javon Weems, the Georgia receiver, is also expected to be there. Uh, this was also the uh, event last year where wide receiver Reggie Davis and defensive back Quincy Marget uh, caught the Falcons' attention, got invited to uh, training camp as undrafted rookies, and they're still with the team a year later. So we'll try to get as much info from the agents around town and the uh, uh, possibly the team about the uh, list, trying to get that list for you of the players taking part in the Locals Day. I also would expect the Georgia Tech or Georgia State uh, uh, defensive back to be out there and also Michael Gallup from Colorado State. Uh, is a guy that should be on the Falcons' radar screen. We'll hear a little bit more about him later. Second here, let's move on to Commissioner Goodell. We were in Orlando for the owners' meeting. Wide range of topics, uh, but certainly the catch rule was the, the big one coming out of that uh, meeting. Then the helmet-to-helmet rule and the 90-day window with which the team is going to, or which the league is going to, Try to explain how the rule will be enforced. We're all in support of this. Uh, see what you hit. There's no reason to be ducking your head down into the fray other than to cause harm or, or pain to yourself and another. Keep your head up, and we'll hear a lot more about that in the coming weeks. And then he discusses the, uh, the state-of-the-art facilities way over budget in Los Angeles. But uh, they are excited about the new stadium coming online out there. And uh, the Vegas 
Stadium, which is coming up out of the ground, which will be the new home of the Oakland Raiders in a couple a couple years here. Here's Commissioner Roger Goodell. There's Roger Goodell from the owners' meeting talking about the key issues, the catch rule, the helmet-to-helmet rule in Los Angeles and Las Vegas. He's calling the Los Angeles Stadium the greatest stadium in the world. Uh, the folks here might take umbrage with that right now with the Mercedes-Benz Stadium online. He also talked about the anthem and that the focus was not on changing the rule but only how they can help their players co- when their social action endeavors around the league. And also, this was edited out of my story for print. He did discuss the Fritz Pollard Alliance's complaint about John Gruden being hired in Oakland without the, them following the um, letter of the law of the Rooney Rule. The league wants to look at how to strengthen it and increase the pool of candidates. And it's really easy, I do believe. You have to get more coordinators uh, uh, involved and more people into those coordinator positions. Uh, you know, need to probably look to some of the historically uh, black colleges to uh, do more with the Bill Walsh internship program more than paying just lip service to it. Uh, but yeah, it was discussed. I don't know why it was edited out of my story for print, but we wanted to make sure you all knew about that also. 
Okay, what's the holdup on the Matt Ryan contract? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, the Falcons know they want a deal. We talked to Arthur Blank at the Super Bowl, and he's saying, hey, you know, we got to do something right by Matt and something right by the team. You know, kind of, you know, didn't really call it a hometown discount, but, you know, they, they've got some good players. they got some good players coming up for contracts. And they at least want to be competitive in the marketplace for him. You can't offer a $8 million guy a $4 million contract. You at least want to be close with six, and maybe he comes and stays with you. Or we see a situation like Derek Shelby where he, you know, comes back at a, at a lower deal. But, you know, the timetable, Blank said there was no timetable. They already know their budget on the rookie contract Um you know, uh, uh, so that's not an issue. They know how much they need, and uh, they can get it from Ryan. They can get it from a couple other places. They get the June 1 post-designation for Levine Toilolo. They are under $2 million under the cap. We'll have that for you in the cover 9 at 9 blog. That'll be out later today. Uh, the holdup is Kurt's Cousins' deal was get fully guaranteed at 100%. $84 million for three years. So doing a three-year deal versus a six-year deal is a little different. And, you know, the Falcons probably want to guarantee half of it. But that's not what the market is. Matthew Stafford had a six-year $135 million contract with $92 million of it guaranteed, a whopping 68%. So I know that the agents involved here, Todd France and uh, Tom Condon of CAA, are not uh, trying to come in under either one of those deals, you know. But the, uh, their their interest is not, you know, not uh, to save the Falcons. It's to get their client a whole lot of money and get him the best deal possible. And heck, if Kurt Millions is worth eighty four guaranteed and Stafford's worth ninety two. Uh, Ryan could want to give the team a discount at 70, but uh, that would not look well in the sports agent community up on the great Tom Condon, the CAA posse, and all of the sports business uh, folks out there that look for them to set and rearrange the market for their other clients coming down the pipe. So we'll, I don't think the timetable is set. I'm with Blank. I don't believe the, they're probably close to agreement, but not to a deal, which is how Dimitrov said the situation was on radio and later in a statement to the AJC. So the deal's probably close. There is no timetable. I'm saying look at the beginning of training camp. Matt Ryan will be at his golf tournament on Monday. He'll have to address this situation. I'm sure he'll do his, uh, you know, uh, my business people take care of stuff like that type of deal. Also, uh, we'll probably find out Monday that the Camp Brotherhood, where the Falcons went down to Florida the last couple years, will be held in Atlanta this year. Uh, Matt can't really get away with, uh, you know, the, the, the wife expecting, and he needs to be close by. So we'll be hearing about Camp Brotherhood somewhere probably out in Beaufort, don't know if they'll open it up to the public for uh, or the media, although they did have media uh, follow them down in South Florida, so we might just have to crash it uh, and, and, and cover it that way. But that's the holdup. Blame the Vikings. 
and blame the Lions for holding up the contract situation. Also, I'd like to clear up the notion that, okay, the Falcons couldn't participate in free agency because of Matt Ryan's contract. The Falcons didn't participate in free agency because they didn't like the players. They didn't. They evaluated what was out there. They didn't want Norwell. They said, hey, if Norwell was any good, why did Carolina let him go? They had to pay somebody. They paid Trey Turner over Norwell. So they didn't. That was about the only player that they could have went after. You know, Sue's a guy that doesn't even work out with the team in the offseason, so he wasn't going to fit into the brotherhood. Uh, and they weren't going to pay him $16 million. So, you know, the notion that Matt's holding up Falcons in free agency is a baseless claim. Uh, it's one that's structurally sound and makes sense, but the Falcons didn't. There was nothing out there that they wanted to go get. So, you know, they didn't. There was no rush to get the contract done because they, you know, weren't going to give Norwell $30 million or, or whatever. He's not a – he's about the only one that, uh, you know, they had to at least make a decision on it with regards to how they were going to move forward. They got Brandon Fusco, and we'll see how that works out, how big of an improvement that is. Uh, they know what type of lineman they want, and uh, they have one in Fusco. Lastly, number five today, you know, it's 10,000 mock drafts out there. I like my folks over at Pro Football Focus. And their latest, they have Michael Gallup, the Colorado State receiver, who uh, is from Monroe, went out to, to Colorado State to play with Mike Bobo and had a great career. He was uh, uh, went hit the junior college circuit and talked to him at the Senior Bowl about that and how tough that was and how that one uh, reality Netflix series there, uh, I think it's East Mississippi or something, uh, you know, it was real, real, really, uh, you know, a great depiction of life at the junior college level. So my message to you kids out there trying to play football is uh, hit the books so you don't have to go to junior college and keep your opportunities open for yourself. Friday at noon, D-Led's Mock Draft 3.0. We're going to be doing the Mock Draft every Friday up until the actual draft here, April 26th to the 28th at Arlington, Texas. Now, the uh, Falcons, I mean, it's pretty clear that they uh, got to go defensive tackle at some point. I don't believe it's necessarily in the first round because they're going to miss out on Payne or V to V. I can see them trading up. And, uh, you know, I've been saying that, beating that drum, banging that drum for a while here. Uh, it's their pattern. I mean, after after 10 drafts, we know what Dimitrov likes to do. He gets his guy, he locks in, he goes and gets him. You know, they don't. They don't have a lot of salary cap, so what's to keep them from trading the second-round pick and the first-round pick to go up to get V to V? We just have to look at last year how many spots they went up to get McKinley. They went all the way up to get Julio uh, a few years back with the Browns. So, uh, you know, gotta, gotta, that's got to be in the cards here. Sitting tight is also in play, but we saw New England come jump in front of them yesterday with this Brandon Cooks trade. So things are going to get, there's been a lot of trades made thus far, and things are going to get real interesting here in the last couple of weeks. A lot of misinformation, a lot of misdirection out there. Uh, but in the cover nine at nine, we're going to look at the players that the Falcons have uh, worked out that we know about from various um you know, reports and uh, some most of our own. 
but yeah, we're going to look at that list because last year on that list, three of the draft picks were there. McKinley, uh, Duke Riley, and uh, Brian Hill were on this list of people the Falcons had a uh, you know, had private workouts or pro day workouts, combine workouts or uh, individual senior bow or, or East West game workouts. But on that list, we were the public list that we found out about. Three of those guys were drafted last year. Brian Hill, Duke Riley and Takaris McKinley. Well, we're going to wrap up here. The 50th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast Thanks, um, you know, we had Roger Goodell stop by for us to help celebrate the 50th episode and drop some knowledge on on us about the league and the league rules and so forth, which, uh, which are, you know, pretty big going into the next 2018 season. Locals Day is coming up here today. The blank aftermath, the Ryan contract situation, what's the holdup? And then we want you to get ready for the Mock Draft 3.0, which will be out on Friday. Thanks for stopping by the Bowtie Chronicles. You all take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.